When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, friends. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. A win for the Gamecocks last night to kick off the Will Muschamp era. A 13-10 South Carolina victory over Vanderbilt in the season opener for both clubs. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. Wes certainly wasn't pretty. Penalties, mistakes, turnovers, but the Gamecocks find a way to beat Vandy with two scores in the final 10 minutes of the ball game in South Carolina. A 13-10 winner over the Commodores. A career-long 55-yard field goal. A bomb from Elliott Fry wins it in the final minute. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I think this is one of those things where it, it was clearly not pretty, but you look at SEC wins, you look at SEC wins on the road, and you look at a team you know, that won one SEC game last year, won three total games last year. And, I mean, we, we talked about it for literally months, Emerson. Uh, if South Carolina was going to have a chance at, at having a solid year, if they were going to have a chance at starting, you know, maybe two and two in these first four, um, you know, or certainly any chance at starting three and one, they were going to have to go win this game. So I, I think one thing that Muschamp mentioned early on, you know, in his press conference was uh, just the way these guys fought, the way they battled back, uh, the sort of uh, toughness, uh, mental toughness that they showed. Uh, you know, he even said he wasn't sure what to expect if things went bad early. And uh, I think we saw they went very, very bad uh, early on. So, uh, you know, they looked out of sorts early. They uh, offensively just looked to me, Emerson, they, they look tight. You know, they, they look like they were playing scared. They were playing not to make mistakes, and it, and it led to mistakes. But, uh, you know, I, I think to be able to bounce back from that, uh, you know, let's be honest, this was a Vandy team that was probably very much overhyped coming into this game in the first place. Uh, so not not a great team, but, but either way, um, to find a way to go in there and come from behind 13 straight points, show some moxie, Show some poise. You, if you're a Gamecock fan, waiting, wake, waking up this morning, and you're sort of trying to uh, digest everything you watched last night. At the end of the day, uh, what you have to take away from it is road SEC victory. Absolutely, Wes. You know we've talked extensively this preseason, leading into the year, about uh, youth for the Gamecocks at skill positions on offense, in particular. And last night, the Gamecocks got huge contributions from two freshmen. Running back AJ Turner, the redshirt frosh out of Clifton, Virginia, had 97 yards from scrimmage. Very active in the running game. Broke some tackles. Ran hard. Played well. And caught three passes out of the backfield. For 27 yards, so 97 yards from scrimmage for A.J. Turner. He had another long run call back on a penalty. And Brian Edwards, the true freshman out of Conway, South Carolina, enrolled in January, showed what he could do during spring ball, and came out with a tremendous debut. His first college game, eight receptions for 101 yards, and these two played a big part in the Gamecock win. Yeah, Emerson, I, I tell you, man, I, I try so hard not to be that person that sort of um, takes one small uh, sort of sliver 
of information and goes completely over the top with it and, and sort of says, well, this guy's good, this guy's not good based on one performance. But uh, and, and I think we, we all knew Brian Edwards had a chance to be really, really good during his time in Columbia. The, the upside, the talent, the potential, uh, it was always clear. But, um, man, did, did Brian... Did Brian Edwards not look like a guy that could, you know, potentially be an all-SEC type receiver? I I mean, uh, the fact you're talking about a true freshman who's playing in his first game, he's on the road in the SEC, and and you're down, you're losing, you got a little bit of pressure on you. The offense is, you know, obviously at the time before he sort of got going, the offense didn't look good. And not only did he catch, you know, your your routine balls, he goes up and and makes – the play of the year so far offensively with just a a veteran, uh, incredible leaping catch. So, I mean, to start with him, man, the 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 ceiling here, uh, you know, is is ridiculous. I mean, who knows how good this kid can be? I mean, it, it was very very impressive, not just the physical stuff that we already knew, but sort of just the mental toughness. And and hey, I I give credit to Kurt Roper, the offensive coordinator. He and Perry Orth, who was sort of making the decisions out there, they kept going back to Brian Edwards, and I, I thought that was smart. It was clear he was the most dialed-in guy um, as far as the receiving end of the offense. And, and then, man, I tell you, A.J. Turner, I always like to look back and try to remember what I've said about a guy and then uh, what I what my expectations are and then what actually happens on the field. And, you know, I've spoken highly of A.J., but admittedly, I think I've sold him short on – uh, on certain parts of his game, when I look at just the the physical toughness and the ability to break tackles, um, you know, I, I thought sort of his his size was going to be a detriment to him. But the thing you look at AJ Turner and see is not only is he very very good at all the stuff we talked about preseason, the quickness, the explosiveness, vision, ability to make guys miss, but uh, this kid was moving the uh, pile forward against a Vanderbilt front seven that's pretty good, a really good linebacking core. And part of that reason is the toughness, the energy that he runs with, the effort that he runs with. If you look at A.J. Turner, even when he stopped, you look at his legs, they never stop churning, never stop trying to move forward. And uh, just I I, I tweeted it last night. Uh, I think that this kid is very, very quickly – going to be a fan favorite just because of the energy, the effort, the tenacity that he runs with. Um, he's He's got a bright future, man. I, I, I had a blast watching A.J. Turner run just because he's one of those guys you sort of just almost um, innately have to pull for. Um, you know, to give everybody background, this kid is probably one of the hardest workers. Um, I, I doubt you find a harder worker on this team. He's busted his tail this offseason. Um, and, and it shows, man. It, it shows how much he cares. I'm um, he he didn't he didn't start the game on the best note. Uh, clearly, almost starting the season in uh, just disastrous fashion. When on the opening kickoff, he almost stepped out and then almost uh, <laughs> created a safety to start the season. But man, did he rebound! And, and he he would have had even bigger numbers if not for some penalties on the offensive line. Yeah, the Gamecocks did not get off to a good start last night. Uh, the you know, kind of a botched opening kickoff return that nearly led to a safety, but uh, after review, it was ruled a touchback as it was on the field. So that 
didn't turn out to hurt the Gamecocks, but uh, four penalties for 36 yards in the first quarter. Debo Samuel dropped a punt that led to Vanderbilt points, and Vandy led 10 to nothing at halftime before the Gamecocks regrouped and won 13 to 10. Elliott Fry, the 55-yard field goal to win it in the final minute of the ball game. Fry also made a 48-yarder earlier in the second half to finally get the Gamecocks on the board. So, Wes, you know, I think an unlikely Gamecock victory given the way it started last night. South Carolina lost the turnover battle. They lost the time of possession battle. But the Gamecocks are 1-0 and headed to Mississippi State next weekend, Saturday game in Starkville. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. We invite you to download the Gamecock Central Radio app. We're on the App Store and on Google Play. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services. Or visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Wes, Perry Orth, the fifth-year senior, got to start at quarterback last night. And he had the first couple of series before true freshman Brandon McElwain came in. I thought McElwain gave the Gamecocks a boost with his ability to run the football. Picked up some first downs, but he did have... Have that fumble in the red zone that cost the Gamecocks a scoring opportunity. You expect mistakes like this from a freshman. They're going to take some lumps, and they're going to learn as they go. So I saw positive things from McElwain, but uh, looking after you know 60 minutes of football, Wes, it looks like Perry Orth might be the Gamecocks' top quarterback. Will he be the man moving forward? I, I think way too soon to, to say that. I, I think he will be the starter at Mississippi State. And I, I think he showed last night, Emerson, that some people – have have sold this kid short about, about just what he's capable of doing on the field. You know, clearly there are some physical limitations there. He is a walk-on guy, but um, man, he he made some big-time throws. He made some throws when he absolutely had to have them. He gave his receivers a chance to make some plays, and I, I thought once the offense sort of loosened things up and went downfield a little bit, took some shots, had time to get the ball downfield. I thought the offensive line played a little bit better as the game went on, sort of settled in. You know. He he did what needed to happen to to sort of win the game, and I, I think we've seen that throughout Perrior's career is that the kid ha- has had some times where you know the numbers have been bad, but then he's had some times where the the offense will get in a rhythm, and then next thing you know, uh, you know Perrior's slinging the ball all over the field. You know the the ball he dropped in uh, down the sideline to Debo Samuel was a, was a great throw, and you know I I, I think that the guy just brings a lot of moxie to the table. Now, eventually, I think when you look at the offense when McIlwain was in there, that added element, uh, the running game, the offense was you know was moving the ball with McIlwain in there, but you could just still tell that he's a freshman, um, you know, some freshman mistakes and just sort of it, it, there wasn't quite as much rhythm to the offense, I think. But the the spark, like you mentioned, was there. So I, I think as this year goes on. We we may talk about you may ask me that question, you know, in some form or fashion as far as who's the quarterback moving forward in every single post game podcast we do because I, I I think that it's going to be that fluid of a situation uh, right now going to to Starkville Mississippi um, <laughs> I think Perry Orth has to be your starter but. Brandon McElwain, I think, is surely going to play because eventually they're they're going to need that game breaking ability. They're going to need that running ability to to really put up some points because, uh, I mean, let's put it all in perspective. Is sort of you you have to say that this was a good win for South Carolina. Any win was a good win for South Carolina, but you also 
you know, the elephant in the room is also that, hey, if they're going to win more SEC road games, they're, they're going to have to play better than they did on Thursday night. So uh, in order to do that, the offense is going to have to continue to get better. And, I mean, I, I think they will. The one thing you can take from the early game issues, Emerson, is that it's all correctable stuff. It's all early season, young team, um, shoot yourself in the foot on the road in the first quarter you've played SEC football on the road in. I mean, all that stuff was stuff that they can clean up. Wes, third-string quarterback Jake Bentley, another freshman, did not play last night. Do you think it's likely that he may be headed toward a red shirt now, or is it too early to speculate? I'm going to still go too early on that, man. I I had predicted that he was going to play, and I I still think that that was a possibility from everything I'd heard leading in, leading into the game. I I just think uh, you had you had a couple of different things going on. Um, a South Carolina was down by ten points for a for a solid portion of this game. B Vanderbilt at one point was just controlling the clock. You know, they had an 11-minute drive in the first half, and you could see Vanderbilt was going to be very, very conservative. So they were going to try to bleed the clock the entire game. So you had a shortened number of possessions you were going to get. And then Perry Orth and the offense found some rhythm. So I, I think it would be too early to sort of uh, look at this one game and and say what does it mean for Jake Bentley because I think the decisions made in this one game were more based on the circumstances of, the, of this game versus some sort of broad um, idea of what they want to do at the quarterback position because you you always go into a game maybe with a plan but if you're a, if you're a halfway decent coach that plan is always changing as the game goes on so I, I think as this game went on the opportunity for Jake Bentley to get in there. Uh, just sort of disappeared. There was no real time that made sense because I mean, you want to you want to talk about mismanaging some quarterbacks. Look look across the field to the other sideline. Um, why, why Emerson is Vandy's second string quarterback in the game in the first half when the Shermer kid actually at times in the first half, made a few throws for you, and he got a 10 nothing lead. Like, what? What? I, I assumed Shermer was injured, but apparently he was not. Apparently, you know, Mason just wanted to, to get free back in there. What, what, and what planet did that logic make sense? Yeah, it looked like Vandy was ready to step on South Carolina's throat in the first half, but then the, the, the backup quarterback went into the game for Vandy, and they lost some momentum. I don't think there's any question about that. So it was 10 to nothing, Vandy, in the. You know, early in the first half, and then uh, the backup. I, I don't have an explanation for it, Wes. It was befuddling, to say the least. And Shermer came back into the game in the second half, but the Gamecock defense shut Vandy out in the second half. And that does bring us to the defense, Wes. Uh, thoughts on the defense? You know, there was so much concern about the safety position. And I thought DJ Smith brought the lumber, particularly a couple big hits in the first quarter last night. And Chaz Elder led the team in tackles last night. So the two safeties I thought looked pretty good. And if that kind of play continues all year, the Gamecocks should be better on defense as we have speculated they might. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought uh, in, in some ways, Emerson, Van, Vandy vandied this game up. You know, like they, if, if this was a team that was willing to be a little more, um, I mean, they they did, you know, like if they, if they were willing to be a little more aggressive. Um, but you could tell the the entire time you watched this game, in the back of your mind, um, you were saying, "Well, 
you know, Vanderbilt, it feels like Vanderbilt has dominated this game, but it's 10 to nothing. And then when South Carolina cuts it to a one-score game, you're like, Vandy is about to Vandy this game. Like, they they just, they don't, they they find a way to lose games, man. And I, I, I you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that to take anything away from South Carolina because, uh, you know, to answer your question, I thought first and foremost, how, how many people out there, I, I know there's people listening that had this thought run through their head, were saying, there was a lot of Gamecock fans saying, <laughs> Why couldn't we have run this scheme last year? Something similar. Um, and, and I know it's Vanderbilt. And you know what? If, if that was a really good offense, it probably looks much different. And we're having a much different conversation. But uh, Vanderbilt's running game is really, really good. They've got a great running back. And South Carolina uh, sought out to stop the run first and foremost. They had an extra guy in the box most of the game. They are playing single high safety with the extra safety in the box. And... You know what? For the most part, they they did stop the run. I, I thought that the depth concerns we've all talked about sort of showed as, as the game went along. You know, you saw the those early two three yard runs sort of became seven eight yard runs as the game went on. Uh, kudos to the Gamecock defense for digging deep. Um, you know, I, I thought I kept watching the rotation up front, and they didn't get to rotate as much as I think they wanted to. And I, so I think when, you know, when they would rotate guys in on the front four and you're talking about a lot of true freshmen, um, the, the out, the outcome wasn't as good defensively. So they had to keep rotating the first stringers back in. Well, in theory, you want to rotate, uh, in at least the way South Carolina is going to play this thing, they want to rotate liberally all game long and then have your fresh, basically first team in at the end. Well, they kept having to rotate the first team back in, so by the end of the game, those guys are tired. Um, but I thought when it came fourth quarter, uh, late in the game, they really dug deep and, and got some stops, obviously. Uh, they forced some three and outs to get the offense back on the field. Um, they stopped the big third down late to force the field goal miss. And then when they knew Vandy had to throw, uh, hey, let's give kudos to a guy who's who's really not gotten a whole lot of it in his career you know, Darius English is, is bearing down on the quarterback uh, during that final drive. You know, I, I don't think Vandy was going to go down, you know, march the length of the field anyway with 30 seconds, but um, they put pressure on the quarterback then, and, and, you know, Darius had the first sack of the season. I thought, you know, I, I again, don't want to s- sort of take one game over Vandy and say, oh, the defense is back, the defense has arrived, that's premature, but the way they hustled to the ball, the way they filled run gaps – the just the attitude they played with, and hey, let's give some credit to the safeties, man. I mean, DJ yeah. Smith, Chaz Elder, uh, that that position by Muschamp's own words has been more ridiculed in the off season than any position on the team. And I, I think Muschamp, part of that is Muschamp just being directly, completely honest, and part of that is Muschamp motivating those guys because he knew they had to have a great off season. But man. DJ Smith and Chaz Elder were flying to the football like I've never seen them before. So, I especially Chaz Elder, you know, he was a kid that uh, was pretty good early on in his career. Had the concussion, sort of, um, sort of lost his way. I, I think it was a forgotten guy. Both those kids played their tails off Thursday night. So, uh, I think this is a defense. There, there's going to be some days, some games 
where the, this defense is, is not going to look good. There will be some struggles along the way. But man, you you got to give them credit just for the way for the way they played the game. Um, and and it's going to be fun to watch them mature and get better. And and I, I think this was just a glimpse. Once Muschamp can 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 get in this current this 2017 class and then start building that 2018 class. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, what, there's a lot of question marks about South Carolina, but whether or not Muschamp and T. Rob can build a great defense to me is not one of them. They they very very quickly are going to have a pretty darn good defense here at South Carolina. I think Gamecock defense last in the conference against the run last year, and Vanderbilt carried 42 times for 169 yards, just under four yards of carry. So that's an improvement, and they limited the big runs. Wes, I thought that was an important factor in the game. You know, 42 carries for Vandy. They were toting the rock. They went with the ground game last night, partially because they got some anemic quarterback play. Vandy was 8 of 23 passing. They completed eight passes the entire ball game. And I would love to tell you that it was because the Gamecocks were wreaking havoc in the Vandy backfield, and that you know just wasn't necessarily the case. Coverage was excellent last night for South Carolina. You know, Vandy had a hard time getting the ball moving through the air, and that helped South Carolina tremendously. So uh, Perry Orth was 11 of 19 for 152 yards. Brandon McIlwain, 5 of 11 for 35 yards. So 16 completions for the Gamecocks to five different players. Headlined by Brian Edwards, the freshman from Conway. Eight receptions, 101 yards. A.J. Turner caught three for 27. Debo Samuel, two for 36. Hayden Hurst, two for 17. Casey Crosby, one for six. And uh, Samuel didn't get a lot of touches last night, West, but he played well. He had an eight-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter, and that was the only touchdown for the Gamecocks in the ballgame. Yeah, I think going forward, you know, Debo Samuel is probably going to be someone that they have to, uh, you know, get the ball to a bit more. Jamari Smith looked like someone who wasn't quite comfortable, you know, finally getting his opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I saw some people, of course, during the game, you know, tweeting about it and, and stuff like that. I, I, I don't I don't think you can give up on Jamari Smith. I, I think eventually um, Debo Samuel is going to have to be a huge part of this offense, and Jamari Smith is going to have to be at least a, a fairly big part of this offense. So I, I think very, very important in the world we live in now, it's, it's very uh, common to sort of take one game and, and jump to a bunch of conclusions. I, I don't think we can do that. I think it's important to sort of take this game for what it is.